0: okay um do you want to get started yeah let's let's get started cool um my name is james and my name
1: is matt and we're talking talking about about games games these these days days.
0: (laughs) that almost sounded like it was insane yeah Um, And the game that we are talking about specifically is Super Daryl Deluxe, uh, which was released on April 10th, 2018 for Switch PC PS4 um, by Dan and Gary Games.
1: actually this is like the first game that we've played in a while that i haven't been able to look up on wikipedia like it's it's either small or recent enough that it doesn't have an article yet
0: it's oddly uh sort of like an unknown quantity um it was a kickstarter uh game uh i guess the two guys that made it uh dan Dan plate and gary porter uh uh, started making it kind of as a joke in their free time uh (laughs) While they were in college, and then at some point, they were like, well, we have already done all of this work. Why not just make <laughs> this a real game? That's uh, that's a great reason for making a game,
1: honestly. <laughs> and they,
0: yeah, and they kick-started it, and it, it, uh, it made its goal of, like, 7,000, I want to say. Wow. And a little bit extra, so. Nice.
1: Wow, but and even, like, r- 7,000 isn't even that much to start a game. <laughs> no,
0: definitely not. Huh. Um, and even if you, I mean, look at the um, the Steam page for it, like, there aren't that many reviews. I noticed that anytime, you know, Steam has that uh, thing where anytime you get, like, a rare achievement, it'll, like, uh, line the, the achievement box in, like, a little gold filigree effect. Yeah. Um, and, like, every... <laughs> Every achievement for that game is like that because no one else is playing, playing it. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, uh, which I think is very funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: and so it it came out uh, it came out a couple years ago, almost exactly, which uh-huh. is kind of cool. And it looks like so Dan and Gary games they haven't they haven't really done anything else, right? Like this is just no, sort of their not that I can foray.
0: tell. Yeah.
1: Uh, would we call this so it's definitely like a like a 2d side-scrolling platformer
0: yes i think the term that they use on the um kickstarter and, and uh, steam page is RPG hmm. um i think i think that it's definitely pretty pretty safe to call this a metroidvania
1: i don't know about that for one particular reason Okay. Uh, the keys that you use to get to new areas mm-hmm. are not abilities.
0: Yeah, I guess you're right. Right, like it, does, it. Yeah,
1: you're not really doing much more than finding like the silver key for the silver door.
0: Yeah, that's true. It doesn't have the uh, like explorative yeah. uh, aspects of a Metroidvania. It does kind of have the the aspect of like
1: you have to double back to places that you've been, but that's mm-hmm. usually. For like fetch
0: quests, yeah, that's true. Hmm. Okay.
1: Uh, so I don't know. So, I don't know about that. I don't know about that Metroidvania label for this guy.
0: Um, but it's close. It's Anyone close. who's played a Metroidvania would be or would be familiar with like the way that this is. It it felt a lot like um, specifically like a like a uh, what is the like an igavania Um <laughs> if you wanna be more specific. An vania, um, Yeah. Um as opposed to a retrovania. Iga? Um yeah, Iga um is the last name of the uh Ko- Koji Igarashi. Oh
1: yeah, okay, okay.
0: Um so in in some communities those are separated into retrovania, which would be pre-Symphony of the Night, um, oh. Castlevania-style games, and then Egovania, which would be after
1: that. Interesting. Okay.
0: But it has that same sort of feel. You know, you you walk around, you pick up equipment, right. uh, you get you, more and more abilities as you progress. Right. That kind of enemies. Kinda enemies
1: drop items. They also drop mm-hmm. currency. You can use currency yeah. or materials to make new items or equip the items that they drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get you get level ups. You get skill points to spend towards yeah. new abilities or improving existing abilities.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, the the map looks like a pretty traditional yeah. uh, Metroidvania style map.
1: And it's it's a little bit confusing sometimes
0: since mm-hmm. it's
1: like I feel like sometimes the spaces that it's describing do not necessarily. Uh, I don't know, like, there's sort of, like, overlaps and double backs and stuff that mean, that, yeah. like, if you try to think of them, like, spatially, they don't really, it's not really the same way that it's shown on the map. The map is more, mm-hmm. like, a convenient way to, to lay it out, to navigate, so.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely.
1: Yeah. It's, I don't know, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty good in that, in that regard, I think. Mm-hmm. I didn't have too much trouble with pathfinding type stuff.
0: No. Um I will probably get into it a little bit later in the episode but I think the biggest issue for me with this game um wasn't w- how do I get to that place? It's where am I supposed to be going or yeah. what am I supposed to be doing? Right
1: because like it it does it does have sort of like a journal feature where you can jump back and and sort of look back over the things that have happened recently and be like okay these are my quests. Yeah. But sometimes it just like pastes in the dialogue from the quest giver, which doesn't actually mm-hmm. tell you very specifically what you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, are there, so as far as genre stuff for this game goes, are there any others that you can think of that kind of, that like this belongs in a group with? Like what's the, what's um, the closest game you can think of?
0: I, I mean, I can't think of something that is, like this close to a metroidvania without actually being a metroidvania right because th- there's like like guacamole is like oh yeah
1: side-scrolling platformer brawler right
0: that's true
1: but it really is a little more of a traditional metroidvania yeah you know like when you when you get the ability to do the i don't know like the uppercut like, you can not yeah, only break new blocks with the uppercut, but you mm-hmm. can also effectively jump higher and have a new move to use in combat. It's yeah. Like it, it fits that mold a little bit better than this game does.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Even, like, uh, like the uh, the supplies gathering part of Battle Chef Brigade. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because, like, okay. it has the same kind of, like, I don't know... R- illustrated style rather than sort of like pixel yeah. sprites and like mm-hmm. run around doing combos on enemies and picking up the the pieces that fly out of them when they die
0: yeah that's true that that would be a pretty close uh, comparison
1: that's that's the best I could come up with <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is like for all that it is kind of a unique game I feel like yeah definitely
0: mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the setting yeah Uh, this game is set ostensibly in the real world. <laughs> I, I put a uh, bizarro world realism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like this, this game specifically has like a sort of plotting and presentation that feels, oh my gosh, I've gotten more and more. <laughs> Staticy. <laughs> I don't oh no! Oh boy! <laughs> I'm like a, I'm like an FMV sequence from an early <laughs> PC game.
1: You're a, you're an edgy indie comic. <laughs> uh,
0: can you see me? Oh, well, that was I need the better. blue pages. <laughs> <laughs> um, it feels like it was written by aliens. I guess, <laughs> like, like if you took. Uh, the idea of like a high school like drama comedy yeah and explained it to a person that had no cultural uh context for what that meant that's what this game feels like yeah they'd be well i think that humans do this right like (laughs) (laughs) so so like the the game takes place setting wise in a high school like post apocalypse
1: Yes <laughs> that's true, and this where, is a post
0: apocalyptic story <laughs> <laughs> where everything like the the high school is basically the entire world, like it's implied <laughs> that their characters have other houses and stuff, right but I think you only ever see one of the other characters' houses, um and then there are like whole worlds within the the classrooms
1: yeah, there's like portals to. like school subject themed dimensions (laughs) that like have been opening. And I feel like, you know, not to give too much of the story away or whatever, (laughs) but like, maybe that's, you know, there's some deliberate effort to, uh, to open these portals to these worlds and merge different portal world subjects together.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) It's weird. Yeah.
1: So there's like, there's a bunch of like, fantasy and sci-fi tropes that are present yeah. in like a very, all of it's very genre savvy. Like we know exactly definitely, what we're definitely. doing by bringing magic and, you know, fantastical creatures and mm-hmm. uh, fictionalized versions of historical events and yeah. just crazy sci-fi stuff all together in a big mishmash.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. It's, yeah. it's weird, but it feels fresh and it doesn't seem too like, like it's winking at the audience too much, or if it is like it's doing it in a way that is, doesn't come across as like obnoxious. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's all in good fun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the game is inviting you to have a good time. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about the gameplay? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yes. Cause the only other notes I hear I, I have here are probably more for story stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, gameplay. Controls. So, like,
0: like we, like we said, um, it's a pretty basic, you know, see salt and sanctuary or, uh, blasphemy for basic control schemes for these kind of games. Yeah. Um, instead of having a traditional, like, standard attack button, you have four,
1: four mappable buttons uh, for abilities? Well, like four. Five, counting the dash move
0: right? oh yeah okay um that you can so four that you can map any ability to and then one that you uh map like a move attached to a dash yeah. specifically uh. um and they can be anything from like melee attacks to ranged attacks um uh they some of them have like an elemental component uh that i think there's a burning status effect is there like a there's a stun too yeah, right
1: lightning stuff tends to stun people Mhm. there is there like there's fire or poison too maybe you said burning already i don't
0: yeah i think there is a burning uh i don't know about poison ice there might be an ice i don't remember it though there's
1: also sort of like uh knockback when yeah it gets to be kind of important i think mm-hmm. um it's interesting so so having there be sort of like the jump button and then the variety of ways that you can hit people each mm-hmm. each hit people attack that you have is a cooldown. yeah uh so you can't just like do one attack over and over again you have to sort of juggle right different ones. so you might know that okay like i can hit i can hit my main attack and then my alternate attack and then my main attack and then my super attack and then my main attack and then my alternate attack and then my main attack and then at that point the super attack will have cooled down and I can use that again. So uh-huh. like there's definitely sort of like a like a rotation. Uh, yeah um that feels more like that, an MMO kind of
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was just gonna say um it does have that kind of like oh you can, you know, do your standard attack into your like critical attack and then chain that into your, you know, Thing that pushes you through the enemy, and then you can yeah. turn around and hit them with the thing that you know, like stuns them or whatever.
1: And one um, thing that I kind of appreciated that they that they did was a lot of the attacks have a lot of leeway where directionality is concerned. Mm-hmm. So, like, I I did kind of feel like this this is like a small uh, control criticism, is that every once in a while, I felt like it, like because of the way guys moved and the way that your attacks push guys around you could end Mm -hmm. up on the like facing the wrong direction on the other side of a group of guys that you didn't really expect but the game's really good about giving you lots of attacks that hit both sides of you
0: Mm -hmm. uh, that's true kind
1: of sidesteps that problem which i appreciated
0: yeah um the big thing that i was noticing controls wise is that the um i mean not that i necessarily have a better way to remap the controls um but I was playing with a controller, um and it just felt like a lot of the buttons so you had like a like a square triangle circle that was a thing, but then one of the shoulder buttons was a thing, yeah, and then one of the dashes was the dash ability was on another shoulder button right um like it might have been easier if they if they were all on like the top of the controller or, or something, something a little bit more standard, so you're not like there's. Not a disconnect between what your hands doing or your fingers. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, I
1: kind of agree. Like I, I thought it was awkward to essentially have four attacks that you have to map over three thumb buttons and one left hand button. Yeah. And and to also to basically have like a dash slash dodge roll kind of, mm-hmm. but to have that mapped to one of your shoulder buttons, sort of out of the way. When I, I don't know, like I I found that it was actually pretty useful to have to use that a lot during combat to sort of get out of yeah. difficult situations. Yeah. Um, I, th- I, I think it's possible that the controller could have been laid out a little bit more usefully.
0: Mm-hmm. Cause I could see if you were playing it on PC, like obviously you just have like one, two, three, four, right. five or whatever. And that would be easy enough or, you know, ASDF or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Q40 or whatever. Yeah. But I, I think that would also be a little bit awkward because this is yeah. still, like, a side-scrolling platform or brawler, which mm-hmm. lends itself really well to a controller.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, moving around with uh, the directional keys would have been harder.
1: Yeah. So. You know what it actually needs? What's the... Uh, so I know the old, like, Sega Genesis had a, had a six-thumb button. Oh, keyboard. yeah. But there's also... Was it Xbox... X, just Xbox or Xbox Three Sixty? The first
0: Xbox controller had has six, right? Yeah, it has.
1: Like the black w- and the white buttons. The
0: black and white button. Yeah, yeah, that's.
1: I actually thought that a couple times. Like, oh, this would be great hmm. if I had a six-up button. But, layout.
0: but I think it only has one set of shoulder buttons. I don't I think, think it has right. both.
1: I could have dealt um, with that, but. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose with a with an adequately uh, mappable controller. Yeah. Uh, you could totally do this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean actually now that I think of it, if a joystick wasn't so awkward, mm-hmm. like a fight stick wouldn't be a terrible way yeah, to play actually, this game. That's a really good point. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh so so aside from that, aside from the actual combat, mm-hmm. uh what about sort of like UI menu type stuff?
0: Um it's fairly straightforward. I, I like the, um, the sort of uh, theming of it. Yeah. It's just like your, your notebook, your, your school notebook. Right. So everything has sort of like a line art aesthetic to it, which is cool.
1: Yeah, I didn't really have any problems with the, the way the menu stuff worked. Uh, I did think like, it was a little bit awkward to do the, uh, like the skill upgrade process mm. where where there was kind of like the two separate sections that you had to sort of back all the way out of to go to the other one, Oh yeah even though they actually had a lot to do with each other so there's a lot of times where i found myself going to like one screen where you can equip things and like see how much of a certain resource you have and trade a certain resource for points that you can put into things mm-hmm. but then like another screen where you could buy new things partially using that resource and like i don't know it it felt like it could have maybe been unified into just one.
0: Yeah. It also uh, was a little bit awkward on that um, same skill buying screen to have, I I understand why they did it, but like to have the dash skills in a completely separate like box from the standard skills, just because there's so much less of them. Yeah. I agree. That was a bit weird. um, But other than that, I think let's see everything else is i i think i would have liked um and this is something in general that i feel like is kind of important is just to know what um stats actually mean yeah um so there were times where uh you'd get like a quest reward that was like oh this only gives you five armor but if you are at 5% health then it gives you 200 armor mm-hmm. but like what is what is 200 armor yeah versus 5 armor and then like if you're at 5% health does it even matter if you have 200
1: yeah armor. like what's what's the practical effect of that number is that is yeah. that a percentage damage reduction is that any number because of <laughs>
0: yeah because interestingly enough like this game does run like damage numbers yeah like every time you hit a hit an enemy it'll show you how much damage you're doing uh, from very low numbers to impractically high numbers Uh so (laughs) uh, yeah that would have been uh, a little nice to know and who knows maybe there's a help screen or tutorial somewhere that I missed but yeah
1: yeah I um, I,
0: I like that on the equipment screen, it uh, shows your character wearing the items. <laughs> yes. And, you know, in hindsight, probably it would be out outside of the scope of a small indie team to trans that, translate that over into the character sprite, but that would have been a nice touch.
1: Yeah. Anytime your character's look like reflects the equipment that you have uh, equipped, I really appreciate that. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Um yeah, but for the most part it was is fairly straightforward, I feel like
1: yeah, I think so i I do kind of wish that you could do a little bit more with marking stuff on your map just mm. because this is another case where sometimes you run across stuff and you need to remind yourself like oh because so while it doesn't have the metroidvania like gating uh approach where mm-hmm. abilities grant you access to new areas, it does have a thing where Having an ability that meets certain requirements, including, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, uh, each each ability has a couple of different, like, tags that go with it. Like, you yeah. might have a melee or a ranged ability. You might have, like, mm-hmm. a fire or a lightning ability. And every once in a while, you'll run across a treasure chest that mm-hmm. you can't get into until you have a certain ability equipped. So you yeah. might have, like, oh, this 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 treasure box that's just sitting here in the middle of these, you know, sewer pipes... Uh, needs you to have a uh, a stun area of effect ability at level three or higher mm-hmm. to get into it. Yeah. Uh, and it would be nice to be able to go back to those once you have those things.
0: True. Uh, I think you can buy map markers for the true. chests, but not not ones that tell you what the requirements are.
1: Yeah. And in all credit for them, those those things start out uh, prohibitively expensive. Yeah. Uh, but by the time you get to the point where maybe you can afford to be a little bit more completionist and go back and recollect those, mm-hmm. you have no problem paying for those little perks. So... Yeah,
0: definitely. That's
1: sort of handled nicely.
0: Yeah, especially at the point um, where you are not, like... Past past the beginning of game when like buying equipment oh, yeah. is really a thing, you know? Yeah, because it barely, so very very looking... clearly
1: the the things you get from quests and from like exploration way outstrip the, the things you can buy.
0: Yeah. Um so you're looking for things to spend money on.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, in terms of RPG systems, yeah. obviously uh they're it does have like an attack, attack defense, uh, health. I'm trying to think, of... were there other stats in it? Uh,
1: there, there, there's some sort of drop rate stuff. There's like okay. rare items and gold that might drop, and a- XP gain.
0: Hmm. Okay. Uh,
1: I don't know off the top of my head besides that. Okay. Um, and you can like you can equip different items to different slots on your body.
0: Right, you have a head head slot, body slot, leg slot, and then uh, you can hold a weapon in each hand or a two-handed weapon and then two accessories. Two accessories,
1: yeah. Uh and as in in as in the case of Diablo, uh holding weapons in your hands doesn't mean anything. It it just affects your stats. You still yeah. use the same abilities that you have to to fight. Right, right. Uh yeah. And you do there again, as in Diablo and so many other games, uh you do get item sets occasionally,
0: yeah, that's true, uh, um,
1: which I don't know are seems like they were pretty well balanced for the uh, for the, yeah. the period that you encounter them in the game, like they mm-hmm. actually do usually provide a pretty significant benefit and are
0: worth kind of pursuing. yeah, and, I don't think I ended up using any of the sets, Oh yeah. Uh, equipment pieces. The but I remember I got a few of them. The one, one of the bosses. So
1: one of the mechanics that comes up a lot is that once you beat one of the main bosses, you can go back and fight stronger versions of it. Oh yeah. To so sort of yeah, yeah. pick up new uh, equipment that's mm-hmm. themed around that boss so the first opportunity you have to do that is with like a guy that's made out of a xylophone kind <laughs> of <laughs> uh yeah but like once you get all of his equipment you know you get a two-handed set of like xylophone mallets and mm-hmm. like armor that looks like like a rib cage made out of xylophone you know bars or whatever. Uh-huh. uh i don't know that was pretty strong right at first when i picked it up like i stuck mm, with that for okay. a while and it has the interesting side effect that whenever you jump, you spray xylophone-like mallet... Or not mallets. Uh, what, are, what are the things you hit on a xylophone? Mallets. No, 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 no. The things that you hit oh. with the mallets. What are those uh, called?
0: Bars? Yeah, bars? Oh, uh, keys.
1: Keys? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it sprays... That's what they're
0: called in the game. I don't oh, okay. know. Okay.
1: Well, it it sprays exploding xylophone keys around you every time oh, you okay. jump, uh, huh. which turns out to be a really useful thing to be able to do.
0: That does sound really useful. See, I I don't think I ever actually, like I started the quest to to do the boss refights, but I don't think I actually did any of them yeah. because another part of it is you have to uh, collect a couple of like tokens yeah, uh, that are themed around the boss, and I just never picked up all of the first one, um, and I didn't really want to like... Yeah, it's kind of a hassle. Go around look, <laughs> looking for him. So if I if but I hadn't cool. sort
1: of stumbled across most of them like in the process of going through back that stuff, I probably wouldn't wasted time on it. But there's like yeah. you, you got to the like the forest that has the Ents walking around. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it, like, yeah. The dirt rock themed armor from the uh-huh. they there like that one's good for a second. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I thought was interesting about weapon equipment stuff is I. I tend to think that if you get a two-handed weapon mm-hmm. uh, normally if, if you can, can do a wield you have the opportunity mm-hmm. of having two complementary weapons so right. you know like a sword and shield is a very easy example of that right sure uh, maybe if you wield a two-handed weapon you have an opportunity to have a lot more attack in exchange for a decreased opportunity to defend because you're mm-hmm. just focusing just on double holding that thing. And I feel yeah. like this game did not do as good of a job of that to the point where it it there's a lot of times where it felt like there wasn't much point in holding two different one-handed weapons when all of the two-handed weapons were so strictly better.
0: Yeah. Um and I it feels like uh just in terms of what i picked up more often than not the two-handed weapons had special effects like attached to them whereas the one-handed weapons didn't yeah Um, and there's sort
1: of like the concept each each weapon has a minimum level that you have to hit before you can equip it so you know you are sort of it's kind of fun like you get to anticipate being able to wield a better weapon once Mm you level up a little bit which is i i like that aspect yeah um But it did turn into these weird things where you'd be like, oh, you have to use, you have to be level 16 to wear this like pair of gauntlets. But then even once you get to level 18 and you can equip the like the wand and the sword that you can only equip at 18, those level 16 gauntlets are still better.
0: Yeah, true.
1: Which is kind of a letdown then. Like you made your way all the way up to be able to equip this new equipment and it turns out the old stuff is still better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
1: What about, uh, like, difficulty curve?
0: It's got kind of a weird difficulty curve. I felt like it was pretty balanced for a big, like, the first, like, most of the first chapter of the game. Mm -hmm. Um, There's specifically a part where you have to uh, go to um, Jacob... No, not Jacob Marley. Scrooge. Bob Mar- uh, oh, wait. Bob Marley
1: was Bob- the... Thing. Bob Marley!
0: You have to go to Bob Marley's house. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. In this game, yeah. like, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> you have to go to Ebenezer Scrooge's house and rescue him from, like, Christmas-themed ghosts. Yes. Uh, but their gimmick is that, like, there are gas lamps uh, placed around the house, and you can only attack them when they're in the light yeah um and since all of my abilities at that point um like pushed enemies or moved my character forward Mm -hmm. um i felt like i was a not doing a lot of damage and then b also taking a lot of damage because the enemies were just like hard to fight in general right um, also, I think that might be partially my fault because I was uh, sticking with lower tier abilities too long because I had f- invested the XP to fully upgrade them, right. instead of like jumping to different, um, like higher tier abilities, even if they weren't fully upgraded. Right. Although I don't know for what it's worth,
1: I had the exact same experience. Like everything seemed like it was such smooth sailing until you hit the ghost house. And Mm -hmm. then suddenly everything like, it seems so hard that you wonder like, am I missing something? Like, what am I doing wrong? Right. And like, I don't know. Once you sort of get more used to the lamp light mechanic thing, it, it makes it more doable, but it doesn't really make it less annoying to deal with. You know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just because like the rest of the time you've been able to just fight guys.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um. And then I don't... Did you get past that? Yes. So past it also isn't particularly difficult either.
1: No. Once once you get to the, uh, the pyramid, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's definitely guys that are strong in there, but not yeah. in the same way that the ghost house is.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that... I mean, that was a big difficulty spike for me, but I, other than that, it's a pretty pretty easy game i would say as long as you can the um i would say the combat system get takes a little getting used to yeah uh, just because it's a little bit di- more different than like your standard uh like just run up and hit guys until they die kind of deal right
1: yeah there's there's definitely more of an aspect of like juggling almost yeah, like you're you're trying to do a lot of like pushing them back and stunning them and inflicting a damage over time and sort mm-hmm. of like keeping them from ever getting close to you.
0: Yeah, because um, that's the other thing is a lot of enemies don't have actual attacks, or if they do, they're just like really standard melee attacks. Yeah, their main it seems like their main uh, like attack vocabulary is just to walk into you. Yeah. Um so the ability to stop them from moving and like push them back becomes really really important. Mm-hmm. And usually like
1: if it's if it's multiples of the same enemy that's really pretty manageable. Uh mm-hmm. if there are groups of different enemies especially if there's like a couple that are flying and a couple that aren't and like one that's faster than the others like that starts to get a little bit more challenging where you have to manage mm-hmm. somehow corralling all those different sort of situations together in a way that you can deal with reliably. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do feel like once I got to a pretty good, like loadout for my different skills, uh, mm-hmm. I was able to sort of carry that through. It just kept working. So I didn't really change it out. What yeah. What was your, what did you usually use?
0: Uh, so for the first chunk of the game, I use the uh punch combo, uh flaming fist, um the glasses uh, stun, and then the other thing um I don't remember what the other one, and then the like first dash yeah. ability that you get.
1: I definitely I had the I used the sword, the mm. lightning uh the flame blast that pushes guys up, away from you. Yeah. And the the glasses thing at first for sure. Uh and then eventually I got up to the point where I think I switched the glasses out for the the axe that you mm. could use over and over and over again, but it got slower over time. Oh yeah. It was kind of a cool mechanic. And I think I switched out the flame blast for something else too that I'm forgetting.
0: Uh, um, and
1: switched by to the end? like the drill dash.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. The drill dash was really good. I definitely was using that by the end of the time I was playing. Um, the sword is really good cause it does a lot of damage and it moves you really far. Right,
1: And it hits both sides too. It's another one. Yeah.
0: Was... Um, and then what was one of the other ones that I, Oh, um, if there's a, there's a secret uh, sequence that you can do in the pyramid that unlocks, um, you know how the Anubis uh, enemies do that attack that like shoots ghost hands across yeah. the, you can, you can get your own version of oh, that, cool! Uh, which is cool. And then also the, uh, the boomerang I found incredibly oh, yeah. useful because uh, it's a projectile that'll move and then essentially hit enemies twice.
1: Right. And that that's good because you can you can actually throw out two of them at once.
0: Right? Two at the beginning and then if it's fully upgraded, I think it's three. Okay.
1: Yeah, so you can really keep like a big group, like a line of guys all sort of mm-hmm. in check all at once with that.
0: Right. Because they do in in maps where there are cluttered amounts of enemies, they do kind of tend to bunch up like that. Yeah. So anything that you can do that does damage through all of those enemies is also really good. Yeah, definitely. Um is there any anything else for mechanics gameplay? Oh, we didn't talk about textbooks. Okay. Um there are one of the like hidden collectibles that you can pick up throughout the game um are textbooks. Yeah. Um which are, you know, valuable commodities in the world of high school. Um, yeah. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so you can either trade Textbooks in for new skills, or you can just convert them straight into ex- skill experience points. Right,
1: that's one of those things that like I I appreciate the the flavor of using textbooks as a alternate currency, uh-huh. but I'm I'm not really sure I see the utility in making you convert between textbooks and another currency, and then not mm. allow you to use both those things for yeah the same stuff like like i feel like you could have just been amassing experience points have Mm -hmm. found textbooks give you experience points
0: yeah and use the experience
1: points to either upgrade or to buy
0: yeah that's true would have skipped that would have been a little bit more uh yeah streamlined approach yeah uh
1: and they do they do kind of the same thing like you get uh you get materials that enemies drop Mm-hmm. and you can sell materials for money but yes. you can also use materials to buy specific or you know craft you're not really crafting you're just turning them uh-huh. into a vendor that gives you an item uh to get specific items so again like you yeah. you could you could have just made those items cost money because essentially yeah, they have true. a money value anyway in in Expressed by the the materials that you need to get them, so like, right? There's and a couple most, of convenience things there that they could have.
0: Allowed. Yeah, most of those materials go towards like a side quest. Yeah. Um, but after you've gotten that side quest done, like there's nothing else to do with those except for like just turn them straight into money. Yeah. Pretty much. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because the um. The blacksmith character doesn't even show up that much. I think I maybe ran into him like a couple times, right? Twice, yeah. Versus like um, the the main vendor um, in the in the game is as uh, the trench coat kid, yeah, um, who hangs out in bathrooms, which are your safe points, <laughs> and then they're also sprinkled around the world, yeah. Um, and they will buy anything that you sell them, right?
1: And will sometimes so. give you. So if they're one of the bathroom vendors, they have just a general set of items that they always offer. Yeah. But there are also, if you have locations in like levels, it's usually Mm -hmm. sort of context specific.
0: Yeah. Usually there are items that you can pick up from enemies or um, sometimes you can buy a special key. Yeah. um, Or more textbooks. Or more textbooks. Yeah.
1: Gold to textbooks, which will eventually be converted to XP.
0: Yes I did also appreciate um, in
1: in some levels where you had to you know let's say collect ten torn rags from enemies or whatever <laughs> sometimes there was a vendor that would just sell you those yeah, that's which true. is kind of a nice uh, if you have a lot of money, you can sort of skip the the grind and just grab them right
0: and then sometimes uh side quests will just pop up in maps, yeah they'll be map specific, and it'll be like kill ten enemies or you know pick up five pieces of moldy cheese yeah. <laughs> um cuz actually that's another thing that i forgot to me- we've kind of glossed over but is unique for this specific game is that there aren't a set amount enemies respawn infinitely yeah on all maps yeah um as long as you are there fighting enemies in the map they will continue to respawn yeah forever
1: very few exceptions.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and they it's interesting too because that kind of contributes to that that grouping behavior you're kinda talking about. Uh huh. Where it does seem like sometimes if you're if you're fighting a lot of guys on this platform, that means that all the guys that might randomly spawn there, you've sort of like worn out. But then if you jump yeah. down to the next platform, it turns out so that's where all the guys have been there. popping in.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I also like it was kind of weird and caught me off guard but I think it actually works pretty well for the game because it helps contribute to that like just sort of malaise of like I've gathered 50 you know pencil erasers and even if I don't know what to do with a pencil eraser right now (laughs) (laughs) uh, there's probably going to be a quest for it and I can turn those pencil erasers into money right? you know whatever but there's a lot more of that going on since you are fighting more enemies typically as you move through maps.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh do you want to talk about what design type stuff, art stuff?
0: Sure, yeah. Um I really like the art style. Yeah, me too. Um it's all hand drawn. Mm-hmm. Um it is strange. <laughs> it, um Sort of like abstract, I think is a good way to Yeah. Put it.
1: Kind of psychedelic um,
0: Yeah, It it has that sort of flavor to it. Um it it scratches an itch that I think Sanitarium missed out on. Yeah. Where like it has the sort of juxtaposition of like real world locations with very strange like visual things going on. Um mm-hmm in the the science room is the very first uh like level the tutorial level and almost like you go through a transition (laughs) where like it starts out as a classroom and then kind of like everything sort of like dolly style like sort of melts away as you move through and then there's just like a portal at the other end and then like everything is all like there's like equations scrolling through the background and everything's made out of like wireframe <laughs> outlines. Uh there's Yeah,
1: and like the enemies are little like anthropomorphic like beakers and yeah, um, science yeah, yeah, yeah. materials. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, which is um, cute.
0: <laughs> and then there are things that are just like kind of weird and unsettling. Like in the science room there's just a giant like plant with an uncomfortable human face oh, on yeah. it. Who's like the God of plants. And he's just <laughs> like, hi, how's it going? Right. <laughs> um, I think, doesn't the sun also have a really weird face? The sun also does have a really weird face. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no explanation. That's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It, it, it does do a good job of of getting into sort of like bizarre sort of weird abstract or psychedelic like art style type stuff
0: uh-huh
1: uh it also does i mean there's there's the there's like the art room stuff that looks like uh like paintings yeah and like uh like sort of like i don't know like sketchy newspaper illustrations and
0: yeah uh, um the music room is themed like a theater um and all of the enemies are instrument themed uh-huh
1: yeah, all that um, stuff is really fun.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Uh, there are like ghosts that play tubas, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and animate cymbals, uh, and saxophones with beatboxes yeah, or yeah. um, boomboxes. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I actually really like the uh, the saxophone enemies that they yeah. they like walk up listening to the beatbox and or sorry the boombox, <laughs> and they like <laughs> they throw it on the ground and then it's like an area of effect thing uh-huh. that you have to deal with while you try to chase after him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I really like it. Um. And also, I think they actually do a pretty good uh job of, like, using colors yeah. in a, like, design-oriented way. So, like, a lot of the game itself, except for the enemies, are, like, black and white mm-hmm. or uh like sort of high high contrast drawn yeah um but like the game also uses like neon blue uh specifically as like an indicator of of a specific thing or you know like it it uses the the difference between that that sort of more stale like black and white style versus like the really High high contrast or neon colors.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of good sort of distinction between foreground and background stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, also, since we are dealing with like uh, real um, historical characters, uh, all of all of those are done in sort of like a like a New Yorker kind of yeah. uh, caricature style. Yeah, totally. That's, that's really good.
1: Yeah, they're all kind of goofy, but like recognizable.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like it a lot. Um, <laughs> and the even the normal human characters are kind of that way too. They're very, uh, like, exaggerated. Right. Uh, specifically, your main character.
1: Yeah, like he's he's the most like flower child, like weird, <laughs> awkward teenage hippie phase. Uh-huh. You know, character that you can imagine, and there's like you know the the D and D club has right. like the most fantasy nerdy like characters that you could imagine.
0: <laughs> uh huh. Well, and actually, did you notice that the D like most of the members of the D and D club are actually like dressed up as uh like pop culture things? Maybe. Uh, so like the the shaman girl is uh. The the Dra- Draenei, the World of Warcraft oh, okay. race with horns. Right. Um, and then there's. I forget what the wheelchair kid is. Uh, but he's dressed up like a, a Naruto character. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's um, right. The, I There are a couple of other ones. One of the kids is kind of
1: like the like the heavy metal version. Yeah, of yeah. D&D, oh, yeah, right? yeah. Kind of like the Jack Black uh, in uh, whatever yeah. the game's called.
0: Is it. I want to say it's just called Heavy Battle, but that that that's not right, is it? <laughs> that seems too straightforward. What that game is called.
1: <laughs> Quick research. <laughs> uh, brutal Legend. Brutal Legend, yes. <laughs> yeah, with, like, leather and studs and, like, probably a big axe.
0: That's uh-huh. And then the, there's the, like, Keeper of the Quest who's just, like, a standard D&D elf Right kind of guy Yeah Um What about the audio? Yeah Uh I think the I I like the um, music a lot. I've already forgotten to write down who composed it.
1: Hmm. Ad a- Adriel Gennett. Yes. Gannett. Yeah, I'm probably um, the
0: name. <laughs> who seems like I like? He's got his fingers in a lot of pies. Yeah. Um, specifically, I don't know. Did you look at the um, the soundtrack on? He has like a Spotify listing oh no so the sound the soundtrack is on spotify but then he's also got like a couple of like singles that just seem like kind of standard male vocal like pop music okay uh but the the covers are really like like emo <laughs> uh like He's got the like bangs in his face and like <laughs> eyeliner oh, like to the to the to the extent that like I almost thought it was a different <laughs> you know how Spotify does that thing where like if there are two artists that have the same name it just lumps them yeah. into the same page instead of like differentiating <laughs> yeah so I thought that's what was going on oh. but I think it's the same person huh. yeah that's interesting. But this uh I don't know how they found him or how they got him to do the soundtrack but I really like it. Yeah. Um uh I mean it it feels it there's
1: a lot of variety to it. Mhm. Uh and like he's definitely got tracks that feel like either they're kind of just normal cinematic mood music sort of stuff that fits mm-hmm. the scene or because you jump around to so many different settings there's a lot of sort of like background tracks that feel like they match the the setting that you're in really well.
0: Yeah. It yeah, it gives you a chance to kind of do a fun little like genre parody kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um so like the theme that plays in the prologue and then like in the school is sort of like a like a loungy, like kind of noir yeah. uh jazz kind of thing. Um the one that plays in the music room is like this ridiculous edm remix of uh is it beethoven symphony i want to yeah, say yeah the ninth um which is like surprisingly good yeah, it's even it's great though i i would never listen to that on on its own merits right um i kind of love it yeah no me too
1: that's i think that was actually like the most memorable track i would say from the soundtrack super Didn't. Uh-huh. I didn't ever find myself, like, muting the music or anything. Like, I, I definitely yeah. listened to the sound the whole time I was playing the game, which I think is noteworthy. Like, a lot of I times so, yeah. I feel like I, I just end up being like, well, I, I kind of see what they're going for, but I have mm-hmm. other music I want to listen to or, like, podcasts I want to listen to or something, you know? Right. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, they, I think you did a pretty good job on the music.
0: The other thing I want to note about this soundtrack that I really, really love yeah. is almost every main level theme um, they've like either hidden or blatantly mixed in somebody singing Daryl yeah. or Super Daryl Deluxe <laughs> which I think is really adorable yeah. and, and kind of t- to what you were saying makes the music more engaging than if it wasn't there because you're always listening for yeah. it. So every time you go to a new area, you're like, Oh, where's the Daryl going to be? <laughs>
1: yeah, totally. And you'll think that you like maybe half heard it, but then you have to kind of wait for it to come up again in the song. Like, yeah, I thought that right. was really fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like, a, it's like, a, um, a where's Waldo with music. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I don't know. I didn't listen to it enough to really puzzle out if they were kind of like themes or leitmotifs or whatever. Mm. Uh, but I don't know. O- honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to find that there. It seems like there's enough attention paid, paid to the soundtrack. Yeah. That, that would be fitting.
0: Definitely. Um, I think that probably the school theme or the, um, the music room theme is my favorite just because you probably spend the most time yeah. with those. Yeah. Um, I think the music that plays in the the vents in the school mm-hmm. is like a, a rearranging of the school theme. I think you might be
1: right about that.
0: Something pretty similar.
1: It's still pretty like 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 noir, I guess.
0: Yeah, sounded. like moody.
1: Yeah. Uh, I would listen to this soundtrack outside of the game.
0: Yeah, definitely. I actually have. Nice. <laughs> uh, while I was writing my notes. Uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I was very pleasantly surprised with this one. Usually a lot of times I think we either, you know, don't like the music or the music is fine fitting to the game, but not outstanding. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like this one really uh, sort of pushed... To that next level yeah of, yeah
1: this is this is above of average. being
0: memorable <laughs> yeah
1: uh and how about how about just like sound effect stuff
0: seemed fine to me yeah. i don't I don't remember anything like particular, but right all I, the sounds were right I do
1: think that that in this kind of situation like a, a brawler sort of a a layout where mm-hmm. you have enemies that do attacks and you have uh that you might need to like dodge in response to it or, or like move out of the way of uh yeah and you have your attacks that have certain cooldowns i mm-hmm. think that having those audio cues for sound effects for like oh i just did the sword now oh I need to wait yeah a little yeah, bit yeah before i use the sword again like all of that helps to kind of pull it together so you get your timing right
0: yeah definitely uh, And I,
1: I don't know i think that the sound effects always seemed like they they helped with that they never got in the way of that
0: yeah totally uh,
1: so you know good good job with that <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah Okay, it's story time. story time. Is it story time?
1: <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, um, going forward, for all the people that haven't played this game, which is apparently everybody, yeah. uh, we're going to spoil the story. <laughs> so, or at least as much as I know, I didn't actually beat the game. Yeah, no not beat either. there. Although, um, from
1: what I saw, <clears throat> uh, it didn't look like we were far off. Yeah cuz it's it's advertised as being like 15 to 20 hours. And okay. I definitely, I feel like that's We put in a little over 10 each, I'm sure, right?
0: Yeah, I think I put in like 12 or 13. Yeah. Um so you uh like like two years in the beginning. Maybe it's longer than that. <laughs> um so sometime before the, the game takes place, um in this sort of like idyllic uh like kind of nineteen fifties uh kind of setting, um these two high school students Uh, decide that they are they've they've won the like congressional prize for being the the best high school students right um they've gotten all of the honors um and they they're they're going to write a self-help book or a series of self-help books that are essentially going to spread world peace right um everywhere and and for a time period uh they they managed to yeah, do it it works for a bit <laughs> uh but for some reason i don't know if if somebody like rises up to oppose them or
1: yeah or or if it's just too like it's it's it's, it's living on borrowed time like it's actually not right. sustainable
0: <laughs> yeah um that sort of falls apart in a con- sort of catastrophic fashion. <laughs> um, and for whatever reason, most of the world is destroyed yeah. is kind of the impression that I get. Uh, maybe all of the world. <laughs> Does anything exist um, outside the school? <laughs> right. Uh, which brings us to present present time Yes, where your our main character, Daryl Whitelaw, um, has started going to... Waterfalls. Waterfalls High School. <laughs> yep. Um, he is... He... I described... Uh, I think he uh, makes me think of, like... It makes me think of Napoleon Dynamite, uh-huh. but, like, 70s Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> if he was made out of spaghetti. So, like, right. one of my favorite things about, like, the the uh, sort of hand-drawn nature of, of his animation are, like, his limbs are very, like, noodley yeah. in a way that, like, you don't really see. So, like, <laughs> when you crouch down, like, you don't just bend down to crouch. Your your legs have this whole, like, weird circular bendy thing yeah. they do as you go down. Or, like, you don't, like, run. You do this, like, sort of galloping <laughs> flounce across yeah. the screen. Yeah, you
1: mostly sort of flail at things. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: Uh, but he he's he's the nerdiest of the nerdiest, um, and also a silent protagonist, yes. which is called to to attention many times. <laughs> uh, in a way that, like, I I actually again like I think is really funny in the game, yeah. where like I feel like I've seen that done before and it hasn't been, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. Like I think. <laughs> Partially, it's their dedication to it. Um, it's the, like, family guy thing where, like, <laughs> for a while, it was really novel just to, like, hang out with a joke for a second. Right. You know, like, when that wasn't a thing that people did. Yeah. And so they kind of do that in this game, too. Like, anytime you have a character that's, like, talking to him, they'll take, like, a full three or four seconds <laughs> To just sort of like sit there while he doesn't say anything, yeah, <laughs> um, and then they just move on, and I think that's really funny. Yeah, and just like
1: assume that he meant whatever they wanted him to say. <laughs> like, isn't there even one that kind of makes a joke about it that says like, okay, if you if you understand and you agree, don't say anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um. So Daryl kind of befriends these two uh, high school students. Uh Alan and Paul, right uh they run a textbook business out of their locker, but they don't have any textbooks right um, so you are uh told to go get textbooks for them, yeah, that's kind of basically your impetus for doing anything in the game, yeah,
1: that's kind of like the overarching like in in every chapter, you'll have one quest that sort of like starts with them and then winds up with them. And then yeah. things sort of branch out from there with a bunch of little, like mini sub quests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh And I mean, like it's, it's the, where you start out is very like, you're the new kid at school, like stranger yeah. in a strange land, kind of a setting Uh where, you know, you, you get introduced to all these little different characters and different little cliques and mm-hmm. the different worlds that they inhabit. And, um, uh, I don't know, it even it even sort of like makes fun of the whole getting to know new people and getting popular process. It has its own little oh, like oh, yeah. way of I like tracking your social progression.
0: The, <laughs> yeah. There's a completely separate so there's your like standard levels and then there's like your your social level. Yeah. Um and as you do quests, um like usually side quests but also like main story quests, it um It levels up your, your um, I don't know your social social standing or whatever. Whatever, Yeah, yeah, Um, that'll give you like little passive benefits, but um, that, yeah, is a whole separate like leveling system. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Uh huh. Um, As you progress through the game, you find the princess.
1: Right The, the the princess of the school, which is of course <laughs> the principal's daughter.
0: Right. The headmaster's daughter. Yes. Uh she lives in a very fancy room in the vent right. of the school. <laughs> right next to the janitor's closet. Yeah. Um the ja- <laughs> the janitor is an ex heavyweight boxer. Right. Um he helps Daryl For some reason. He's
1: definitely one of those characters that like knows more than he lets on.
0: Yeah. He's, he's like the, the mentor. Yeah. Um, and then there's the headmaster who's shadowy and mysterious. Um, and then the honor students who are kind of like the big bosses of each. Yeah. Like, like the Uh, four kind of, (laughs) yeah. Each like, uh, subject theme. Yeah. So like the, the boss of, the the music one, for instance, is like uh like a DJ club kid. Yeah. <laughs> um very funny. Um, but I assume you just keep on progressing through the story and then like beat the headmaster eventually. The yeah. the vice principal is a robot. It's definitely a robot. Uh his name is Mr. Roboto. <laughs> That's
1: right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um and yeah it's it's pretty silly yeah
1: well and and besides all the high school characters there are all of the historical figures right. that are that live in the the different subject dimensions so you've got mm-hmm. everyone from like beethoven and Liszt and mozart uh mm. and like attila the hun i think and uh, uh genghis, genghis khan genghis khan
0: uh, um and like julius caesar uh, cleopatra napoleon Napoleon, uh, probably other people, <laughs> and they—they—I I don't know that much about hit, hit like world history, but they don't. In real life, they didn't exist at the same time. No, right? Like that. Okay. <laughs> the whole thing the, was like
1: like Napoleon, Caesar, uh, the conquering world. Genghis Genghis yes, Khan. Genghis Khan and Cleopatra all being contemporaries. That's I mean it's all pretty anachronistic, like it's all about like right. different time periods being sort of like mashed together, yeah, uh, which is pretty hilarious, and it kind of reduces each of their characters to just like a very slim sort of caricature of right. whoever they really were
0: right so like napoleon Napoleon likes to conquer things. Um, Julius Caesar just really (laughs) loves Cleopatra (laughs) Uh and will do anything if he thinks that Cleopatra is involved. Um, Mozart is like, he, he really likes making music and composing. Um, who's the guy that that
1: haunts you all the way to the music boss? Uh, it's not Beethoven, right? Or is it? Is it Beethoven?
0: I think it is Beethoven. Maybe it is Beethoven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He travels around with you because you like promise to be his apprentice or whatever. Yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but that that's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, the The other like running joke that I think is really funny, but I couldn't. I the more I think about it and trying to explain it, like doesn't come across as very funny. Is like there's. A, a recurring joke about like there being uh, Genghis Khan's like oh yeah nephews all of his
1: little descendants
0: uh, Jared Khan, right. <laughs> <laughs> but they're just like normal like dudes and they're like all over. So like one of the collect like collectathon things that you can do is go around and like collect him. Yeah, but they just look like an like a normal like guy dressed up like a like a hun right i don't know jared jared con is very funny uh-huh. to me. he
1: just wants you know a nice place to chill with all the other jareds <laughs> right <laughs> yeah there isn't uh um, as far as the story goes like the game itself is fundamentally ridiculous and mm-hmm. the story does not break from that at all so like no there isn't a lot in the way of like character developments or drama that that i don't know that i really found compelling necessarily like no. i wasn't like eager to see what happened next in the story necessarily <laughs> like it was funny and entertaining but it wasn't like that wasn't what was driving things for me yeah. at
0: least yeah for sure it it definitely uh is supposed to be humorous first yeah um and and sort of outlandish yeah
1: was there in the cutscenes? Uh,
0: maybe? maybe? in the cut... I don't think there was. I don't think so. Unless maybe they did that thing where they have like little... Uh, like little one-line things that they say yeah. when you talk to them. But I kind of don't think so. I don't think there was voice acting. There yeah, it's I mostly just, think just more writing. Think on
1: it. Yeah. Well, so nothing to say about that? <laughs>
0: nope. Uh... Do you want to do evaluation next? Yeah, let's, let's wrap it up. Okay, um, it's good. Yeah, I think so too. It's it it feels like somebody's first game. Yeah. But not in such a way that I think makes it unplayable. Right. It's
1: it's someone's first game in a way that is like like hey these are new and interesting ideas with a very characteristic like sense of humor and like yeah. treatment of things that. Yeah, like I, I really, I re- it really makes me wonder, like, what their next thing is going to be.
0: Yeah, I, w- I would love to see an iteration on this, um, especially, like, something that felt a little bit like more tightly tuned. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: could have something that has a little bit more focused Metroidvania elements to it. Although I don't know, like, mm-hmm. maybe then it's it's slipping too much into guacamole territory. Yeah. Uh. I do really, really like the the sort of MO cool, MMO cool MMO cooldown concept applied to brawler gameplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I would never have expected that to work so well, but it's actually it makes for really interesting, like choosing the abilities that you that you wield sort of choices.
0: Yeah, definitely, um, and I think those choices are varied enough with enough like interesting differences to actually like other than just like purely attack or like damage based right like you might have an ability that does a lot of damage but it's really slow yeah um or you know it might be more profitable or better for you to have a stun ability in this area right. because enemies move really fast or you know whatever
1: yeah i think like there there is kind of like the your your average dichotomy between the Fast, weak, multiple hits move versus the slow, strong, single hits move, mm-hmm. and like there's a whole spectrum of stuff in between that. Plus, that tweaked around for lots of different like status effecty, juggling, stunning, pushback mm-hmm. type stuff. Yeah, like there's a, there's a good variety of, of different ways to to hit guys.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And like, especially and like complementary ways yeah like if if you stick too much to just doing one thing it doesn't work as well as having like a nice mixture
0: right because uh i definitely noticed that the fire and lightning themed abilities seemed like they were built as a set Uh you know what i mean so like uh they are you know you have your like quick attack your ranged attack your whatever whatever right um but I think you're right i think it does encourage you because like the cooldowns uh vary from ability to ability and then just what what it's able to do yeah um sort of encourages you to mix things up and find a combo that works right specifically for you
1: and the equipment kind of feeds into it too like mm-hmm. if you want to go more towards you know you want to give yourself more health and more defense and then you want to just give yourself much more attacky type uh abilities or if you yeah. want to do more sort of crowd control juggling mechanics with mostly strength based equipment like you mm-hmm. have different sort of paths that you can take with that and they all seem yeah. like they're fairly viable to the point yeah. where you sort of settle into however you would most like to to play through things uh-huh so that seems yeah, that definitely. seems like that was really smartly handled
0: mm-hmm, i agree yeah um let's see any other uh novel ideas
1: not that i can think of i mean i th- there's the uh there's the this level specific quests that are like just yeah on the oh screen. yeah the
0: the map only
1: and the whole that's kind of a cool idea. idea of like retreading fighting bosses over again but harder
0: Oh yeah yeah yeah. I like that. Yeah,
1: those are both I don't know if those are like brand new ideas, but they were like looped into things very mm-hmm. effectively in this game.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, What's her name?
1: Super Daryl Deluxe
0: <laughs> It's a good name. Yeah,
1: I mean it's it it communicates the like video gaminess of it.
0: Right, yeah. And also like the um, silliness. Yeah. Uh uh Is is
1: there is there Super Daryl that's not deluxe?
0: No, I don't think okay. so. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be like a like a like a either like a Street Fighter joke or like a Kirby joke. Yeah. Like like a super Kirby All Stars or like Super Turbo yeah, Street, super Fighter, Street Fighter Alpha, Alpha Beta, turbo, beta yeah. Five. <laughs> Hyper Fighter The Rainbow Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um that kind of that kind of joke. Yeah, it definitely. It's a good name. It works. Yeah, it
1: communicates the uh, spirit of the game.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so, room for improvement. We talked about a little bit. Um, big one for me was um, the way that quests are articulated in the journal. Yes. So, for instance, the one that I was stuck on for a long time is find the princess a musical instrument, mm-hmm. but that's not actually what the quest wants you to do. No. What the quest wants you to do is go and talk to Beethoven, because he starts that quest line for you, which will eventually end in you getting a musical instrument right. for the princess.
1: But in the meantime, you might actually pick up musical instruments, which she right. will completely ignore and pretend like you don't even have, which is yeah. confusing.
0: <laughs> that w- that was really confusing for me. Yeah. Um, and its use of, um, like. Map markers for quests specifically is very sparse, yeah, and a lot of times doesn't feel like it's helpful or accurate, yeah. So, and
1: the uh, the difficulty spike aspect of it felt like that could have been finessed a little bit more.
0: Yeah, um, I appreciate them fooling around with like different. Enemy gimmicks, yeah. Uh, that that's nice, and it keeps the um, the gameplay fresh. But that specifically, the way those enemies articulating, only having like a certain zone where you can do damage to them,
1: yeah. It
0: made it significantly harder. Yeah,
1: it got annoying fast.
0: Yeah. Uh, so.
1: Yeah, I also I also found that there was a lot of. There's a lot of times where I felt like I was spending a lot of time in transit where Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, there are, you know, six screens that you can wander through in the school itself, not counting Mm -hmm. the different subject dimensions that you can go to. And some of the quests would basically like, there's the one where you have to go around and set up rival sort of like lemonade stands to compete yeah. against the trench coat guy's monopoly on textbook sales. And uh-huh. then as soon as you complete that quest, the next one you have to do is to go around and take them back down. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, like, on the one hand is, like, silly, and it's kind of, like, poking fun at that whole thing. Uh-huh. But also, like, it is exactly as annoying as, yeah. <laughs> like, even though it's a joke, you do still have to actually go around to all those places right. and take them back down again. Yeah. Um, so... I don't know. I, I felt like there's a couple things like that that were like I'm just I'm not really getting anything out of the travel time between point yeah. A and point B. Like I could just use a shortcut or a fast travel here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually something that that's completely missing from the game, as far as I know, is any sort of uh, fast travel. Yeah. That would have been helpful. I feel like um, you've already
1: got the you've got the um the bathroom the interdimensional bathrooms that you can oh, yeah. always orb to. Like you could have used those as warp points
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah or even if you could just like teleport between like I don't know maybe each subject hub or like you know have one uh, like at the beginning and end of each level or like one you know sort of space them out like that right although I guess you know the bathrooms in the actual subject levels are spaced out that way anyway so You could just have them like that and have them be a teleporter. Right.
1: We we didn't notice, by the way, or we didn't mention that uh, in the bathrooms where you save your game, you can do a quick save at the urinal or you can do like an actual (laughs) save slot in the bathroom stall, Uh which I thought was kind of (laughs) clever.
0: That is very funny. But yeah, if those were fast travel points, it would definitely cut down on the amount of, like, just running from point A to point B is. yeah. Uh, Although, again, like, as you're... I don't know what your, like, travel heuristic was, but for the most part, if I was traveling through an enemy with just a a lot of, like, low-level enemies that I I could kill, like, I would just kill them anyway. Yeah. Because, you know... Most of your abilities are moving you forward anyway, so you might as well get the items and experience. Right. Well, that is one um, thing too.
1: That like once you've cl- once you've like way outstripped the enemies that you fight in an area, they never scale with you. So whenever yeah. you go back, you're way overpowered to to fight these guys, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like I don't know. It's kind of a blessing and a curse. Like on the one hand, it does feel really good to be like, oh man, mm-hmm. like I was having a lot of trouble with these guys, and now I can just like like zoom right through them yeah Uh, but on the other hand it also means that uh, now these guys are still here and i have to fight through them even though Uh you know i i don't get a lot of resources from killing them you know there's no significant xp gain i can't sell the stuff or anything there's no quests that require me to do it yeah what
0: am i doing yeah that's definitely true um
1: I think the, uh, the different alternate currencies would be my one other little like gripe that I feel like was an, an opportunity mm. for streamlining is, yeah, I like the, I like the flavor of, you know, textbooks being another thing that you can, you can spend on upgrading stuff and, uh, uh-huh. having, you know, you, if, if you fight enough of the anthropomorphized cactus people, you can get a pair of cactus gauntlets from the blacksmith (laughs) or whatever. Like that's, Uh that's kind of a cool theme, but the whole system of like getting what's essentially either crafting materials or vendor trash and turning that into gold to then buy things is just, it's like just another bit of busy work that you have to do. Yeah. Uh, so that's 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 an area that that could very much be more made more convenient for the for the player if they had a mind to. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um.
1: Uh, story versus gameplay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, gameplay first, probably. Yeah. But, but because the, I think the like presentation is so sort of charming and and just sort of fun all around. I wouldn't like just be playing the game for the mechanics. No. I think if if that other part wasn't there, it wouldn't be as fun. I agree. You know.
1: Well, and even like not 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 just the story as expressed through dialogue and cutscenes, but also just like the 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 sort of like subtle storytelling that's going on through all the background art and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really appreciate how that doesn't hold you up or like demand your attention. It's just something that you get to notice as you're going through the game. Yeah. Normally. Uh, I think that that, that part of it, the mashing different worlds together and like you're living in a weird post-apocalyptic future. <laughs> like all of that is communicated very like, in a fun way, without requiring you uh-huh. to sit through, like, pages of text if you don't want to.
0: Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite uh, reoccurring enemies in the history level is the goblins. Uh-huh. Because they're, like, everything. Yeah. So, like, there's the, the regular goblins, which are just goblins. And then there's nurse goblins, which are, like, goblins in, like, cute little, like, sexy nurse outfits. Yeah, like,
1: like Red Cross. Like, um, Yeah. <laughs>
0: And then there are, like, tall goblins, which throw bombs at you. And then there are also mortars, which are just mortars with the goblin (laughs) face on them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This is very funny. Yeah. But, yeah. um, Who would you recommend this to? I don't know. Um, I, I don't think that this game is necessarily,
1: like, required reading.
0: No, uh, I don't think so either. Like it's
1: not it's not essential in breaking new grounds, you know, to to introduce you to something. Uh, but that said, like, I don't know, if you if you like side scrolling sort like fairly casual, you don't have to spend a lot of uh you know, brain power on, on playing it. Yeah. And and if you like that kind of like absurdist, like weird art uh-huh. humor type stuff.
0: Well, and maybe even if you were, like, in in general, a fan of, like, a Metroidvania game, but you were somehow starved for good ones. Yeah. Like, this is a pretty, this isn't quite a Metroidvania, but this is a pretty darn good game. And it's close. Yeah, it's like a close cousin.
1: Uh, Yeah. I can't. I don't know if I can think of like anyone in particular that I know. Well, I don't
0: know. Be like Andrew. I don't know. I mean, like Andrew or like Michael might yeah. like it. Eric. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not it's not an essential play, but it is good if you know if you are. Looking for this this specific kind of game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed.
0: Uh, um. In, anything else?
1: No, I think we're at the uh, I think we're at the end.
0: All right. <laughs> um. So next time we're going to be talking about uh Valkyrie Profile. Yeah. Uh, which is very exciting because that's a game that we both uh played a lot as kids. Right. Also, um, I don't know if you have looked at the price of a physical copy of Accu Profile is it anytime soon. It's huge. <laughs> really? It's so
1: expensive. It's a rare PS one game now.
0: It is a rare PS one <laughs> game. Also a rare Enix game. Oh free for the uh, uh Square Enix merger. <laughs> So, uh, but we'll specifically be playing uh, the PSP port, which is called Valkyrie Profile Lenith. Uh-huh. Um, and then I think Matt, you were going to play around. I guess there's uh, mobile phone versions yeah. as well, which um, I'm interested in. I I think that you brought up a like a good consideration
1: for the the controls. Yeah, and at least like I don't know, like how mu- how much fine tuned platforming was there I
0: don't really well what i will say is that i've i've put about uh three hours into it so far and um opening chests is maddening (laughs) because you can either press down and attack to open the chest Uh or press attack in front of a chest to pick it up oh that's right and then if you pick up a chest then you have the option of dropping it or throwing it Throwing it breaks the chest and has a as a chance to break the item in the chest, uh-huh. um, which is ridiculous
1: and they should never let you do. There's no reason <laughs> yeah. to do that. I remember that from the PS1 game, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know why that's in the game. Uh. Um, but so if they if they streamline that and made um, there's some like timing stuff with like having to jump and like crystal at a specific time. Oh God, so you can make right. foot like footholds for you to climb up things. Yeah. Um, but if that, if that is timed, like to give you more leeway because you are playing on a mobile phone, right. I could, I, you know, I, I guess I could see it being pretty playable. Yeah. Cause outside of that, you're just running back and forth. Right. Essentially. Yeah. Or like, you need
1: to you need to do your like slash attack on the mm-hmm. level map to get the first hit in battle that's about yeah. it, and then battle is just turn based yeah uh yeah it'll be so it be interesting to see
0: that'll be a fun revisit yeah um if you liked what you heard uh you can find us on facebook at gamesthese dot com games, these games these Days podcast podcast on facebook on facebook slash facebook Facebook. Um, facebook.com
1: slash games these days slash games these days (laughs) i
0: know how urls work (laughs) uh you can also find us on tumblr at uh tumblr.com forward slash games these days podcast um podcast (laughs) uh (laughs) we're on Castbox. we're on spotify we're on itunes All under Games These Days podcast.
1: Right. I keep saying we'll have a website. I'm going to keep saying it. Who knows? (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) But until Until next next time. time,
1: Brother.
0: brother. (laughs) Good. Yeah. Good.
1: Uh, I just, you probably noticed on Facebook, I just set up a batch of kombucha. Oh yeah. 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 Uh,
0: which, How's how.
1: I mean, I just kind of have to wait and see what it does now. Yeah, I guess. But so. I do have oh. a, a huge jar with a big chunk of like bacterial uh, yeast floating in it. <laughs> thing.
0: It's pretty good. Uh, how long does it have to like Just two brew weeks. or whatever? Oh wow, okay. Yeah. That's surprisingly fast. Right. I'm excited to see <laughs> I have to out. uh I have to admit I've never honestly really been a huge fan of kombucha. Yeah. Like it's it's fine. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it's not like something that you'd seek out. <laughs> right, yes. I'm not I'm not crazy for it like some people are crazy for it. Yeah. Um I think it's mostly the the sort of vinegary that's kind of, well, yeah, to me. Yeah,
1: and, and it's kind of fundamentally about that. So if you don't really like that, then there's not. <laughs> yeah.
0: Also, I mean, like, I know that, like, a lot of times food is made up of gross things that I don't have to interact with. But, like, sure. the idea of, like, a weird yeast fungus mass in a <laughs> jar that you've... Like, like hidden in a in a cupboard right. for like two weeks. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that just doesn't. I don't want to. I don't want to drink that juice. You know. <laughs>